City Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City City Limits. <laughs> the mic went on and I was sitting there quite mute, which probably is as good as City Limits is going to get all year. Kevin, um, Kevin was having an existential <laughs> crisis. That's right. Well, I was. <laughs> but anyway, that means City Limits is back on air and the usual disruption <laughs> and the usual. And it's the first Wednesday of the month, and that means John McPherson's here. You just heard his voice. He's, of course, our transport guru who comes in once a month to talk about transport issues. So we'll be talking today about, believe it or not, transport issues. <laughs> And oh Meg um, Kimber's over there pressing the buttons Morning. for us. Morning. I'm seeing her from a different direction, Dave. She looks different, really. Um, is yeah, getting... sorry. I made Kevin move onto a different microphone yeah, because, that's right, that's right. Um, you know... And Eugenia's here. He's trying she? to disrupt everybody. She is indeed. Yep. So Eugenia's here as well. We're all here. And um, it is City Limits. And I just want to say, I say this at this time every year when we come back after about six weeks off. You listen to radio stations like the ABC and people come back and say, it's great to be back. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that is absolute crap. <laughs> absolute sucks. crap. I mean, I would love to go on several more weeks of sloth and procrastination, which I've been doing brilliantly for the several weeks. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure when I, I rang you yesterday and you didn't ring back. I was like, I don't know, maybe Kevin's not going to be here. No, your, your message said, I don't hear from you, I know it's on. So I thought, well, that, that takes care of that. <laughs> Okay, anyway, it is Transport Day and we'll be talking... Well, John, in fact, Eugenia rang me through the break, and this is a promo for next week as well, to say that Melbourne Water, whom we had on late in the year talking about um, the Stony Creek disaster, had actually contacted us asking could they come on. They want to talk about some frog campaign they've got on. Mm, and, frog um, census. Frog census. And so we said we'll put them on next week, um, the second... But it was on the eve of one of those really hot days, and Eugenia said, well, at the first week, I said, it's transport, there's no problems there. <laughs> I said, I said uh-huh. it, it, it was about to get really hot, so you can expect in the next 24 hours the system to pack up. <laughs> and the very next morning, uh, the Herald Sun had a front-page piece where the bloke from Melbourne Transport or Metro said, no, we've now got the whole heat-up thing under complete control, nothing yep. will go wrong. And that night, everyone was walking home from work between getting out between stations as the system packed up completely. Mm. Yeah, right. So there you are. Yeah. But we might discuss that a bit <laughs> later. John, I'm going to pour some tea. Okay. Does anyone want tea? <laughs> oh, yeah. Are there any no's? No. I'd love some tea. Yeah, right, I'd love some tea, thanks. Pouring away here at a distance. Oh, yes, look, look I, at this. The first thing I want to talk about is um, just, just a couple of things that happened during the break. The young woman who in Thailand um, uh, wanted to come to Australia, uh, the Saudi woman who managed to get out of Saudi Arabia. She went to Canada in the end. And, went, and ended up in Canada. But I mean, that's the interesting part, isn't it? Like mm. She wanted to come here. And I imagine with Peter Dutton, we'd still be making decisions about it or otherwise. Um, but in fact... Otherwise, I think. I think otherwise. <laughs> and, um, and yet, you know, within a few, virtually a few hours, Canada mm. will take her because she's obviously a woman who's got enormous difficulties and enormous problems. True. 
Um, but uh, Good on I Canada. It, again, again yeah. I think it reflects our, uh, the humanity of our uh, current department. And I read yesterday where the Labor Party has said it will maintain that Home Affairs Department, or whatever it's called, and the current structure the government's got with immigration. Oh, really? Oh, so, terrific. Yes, yeah, too difficult to change, they said. Uh, mm. And um, But also, at the same, in the same period, you'll be pleased to hear, and this is, you know, even by his standards, pretty unbelievable, Peter Dutton's trying to deport two Indigenous Australians from Australia. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Are you serious? On what grounds? That seems insane. Uh, well, he, well, he's going to do it. Well, the situation is that one's to New Zealand, one's to Papua New Guinea. They, but the, f- the first one, his father is Indigenous and his mother is, I don't know what, where she, whether she's PNG or not, but he was born in PNG, but came to Australia as a toddler and his father's an Indigenous Australian. The other one in New Zealand, the mother's an Indigenous Australian. Again, the kid was born in New Zealand but came here and has lived here all his or her life. I think they're both his um, lives. So they're, they're Indigenous Australians with Indigenous parents who've lived here all their lives, but he wants to deport them. Mm. Um, mm. And, and no doubt he'd argue that it'd be on um, um, character grounds. So they've, they've got some sort yeah, of... Yeah, they, they, they ended up in jail with yeah, some yeah, other. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a bit rich. Considering we're all on stolen land, so that's right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Did we all go to the Bean March, by the way? Yes, yeah. yes, and the dawn service. Did you go to the dawn service? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that okay. yeah, was beautiful. Really well done. Very moving. Yeah. Yeah, the march. I think, I think last year was bigger than the year before, and I thought this year was not necessarily bigger than last year, but I wasn't sure. Well, they said yeah, that so. it was, but it's yeah. hard to tell, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was huge. It was a lot. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's large. That's the important yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Thankfully. And uh, well, let's hope people, you know, let's hope governments, because uh, there's a, there's clearly a move to to change. In fact, I heard on this station a young um, young Indigenous woman asked, "Well, if you change it, um, where do you go?" And yeah. her argument was, "Well, there's no day that the Indigenous people can celebrate mm. ever since I we've think been invaded. Mm. Mm. What day can you celebrate mm. Um, mm. altogether?" But anyway, yeah. Mm. Anyway, how are Good we all? Point. Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Hello, everyone. Sorry, I was sneaking into the studio a couple of hours late. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's that's been noted. We've just written it down. <laughs> late first day back to school. Oh. <laughs> Even Don't. later than Kevin. That's really saying something. <laughs> Kevin was like three minutes before nine today. Yes, you've shattered my pride. Here, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> He's got a record to maintain. <laughs> Yeah, John, you're okay. You're heading off, aren't you? You're going off on a on a on a sort of luxury train trip again. Yes, yes. Thanks for bringing that up. Oh, shouldn't I? Right at the right at the top of the program. <laughs> Just thought I'd mention Where it. Where are you going, John? <laughs> oh, me and a gang of mates. We're going to ride the Indian Pacific from Perth to Sydney in a couple of months' time. Oh, nice. Just cool. There'll be enough of us to sort of take over the lounge car, you know. <laughs> Perth to Sydney? Yeah. Like Perth to Adelaide, Adelaide, Melbourne, Melbourne, Sydney? No, no. It goes, oh. it goes via Broken Hill. It goes oh. Adelaide, Broken yeah, the Hill. The Indian Pacific goes across. Yeah, I've taken oh, okay. it both ways, in fact, years ago. Oh. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. How oh, long does that fun. take? Uh, three, three, nights, nights, three nights, three nights, four yeah. days. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Well, it's not too far. No, it's not. It's um, you know, it's very, it's very good train. I've been on it before, and um, yeah, yeah. yeah the Nullarbor's nice things crazy. like your drink bill doesn't. You know, you yeah. just uh, <laughs> just front up at the bar and another drink, another drink, please. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh... Oh my god. This is a train for the drunks. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. we you meant mineral water, didn't we you? All have a, we all have a cabin to go back to to sleep it off. 
right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you take in the scenery, of course. That, oh, yes. Well, it's, right, the scenery is brilliant on the Nullarbor, you know. <laughs> but well, the it Nullarbor, is, actually. Well, the Nullarbor at night, I mean, the, the stars, are, you realise just how yeah. much we miss stars when you're um, in, a, in an urban environment. Exactly. Yeah. You go out in the Nullarbor yeah. and just the sky at night is yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And you must get a real appreciation for how huge this continent is mm-hmm. when you're travelling on a train. You do, you do. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, however, speaking of this continent and uh, and this world, uh, oh, yes. <laughs> finally, business people. Now, uh, they did a report, and um, there was a report done by a mob called the Global Risks Report, ahead of the Davos thing a couple of weeks ago, the World Economic Forum, as they call it, where the rich get together and decide what they're going to do for the poor, which is absolutely nothing, of course. Um, and the last one they did, or the one they did a few years ago, um, the, the environment just didn't rate with the business people, but now it's in fact top of the list. So while our governments are stuffing around madly mm, and mm. people like Trump, etc., uh, global business leaders have identified the potentially catastrophic effects of climate change as by far the greatest long-term risk facing the world. Um, environment concerns eclipse shorter-term risks such as trade wars, social instability and economic crises, but the report warned the current geopolitical instability and a retreat into nationalism would make it harder to address longer-term environmental risks. The world's ability to foster collective action in the face of urgent major crises has reached crisis levels, with worsening international relations hindering action across a growing array of serious challenges. Meanwhile, a darkening economic, out- darkening economic outlook from their point of view, but let's not get too excited about that. Um, of all risks, it is in relation to the environment that the world is most clearly sleepwalking into catastrophe. Um, and they go on to say further down, Australian businesses should be building climate change, resilience and adaptation. Well, this is, sorry, this is Sean Walker, Chief Underwriting Officer for General Insurance at Zurich Australia, said it was no surprise environmental risk dominated the report in a year that's been characterised by bushfires, heat waves, and flooding. And since then, of course, we've had more of the same. Yeah. Australian businesses should be building climate change, resilience and adaptation strategies into their broader business plans. These plans need to be real and tangible, not treated as some Horizon 3 or Black Swan conception event, but as something to be addressed as part of a new operating environment, etc., etc. Um, water crises, biodiversity lost, ecosystem collapse and natural disasters were also high up on the list. So there you are. So even the business community now is out there... Uh, Mm. Oh, good. Concerned. So things will start happening next Monday, will they? <laughs> well, they, um, absolutely. And once we're pitted on city limits as well, of course. It'll, <laughs> <laughs> it'll, they'll really take notice. It'll, yeah. it'll now go wild. <laughs> it's in, I found it interesting that that article was saying that it was the responsibility of businesses to tackle this. Well, is that, yeah. Is that just because that's the audience that it was addressed to? Or was that a kind of strategic... Well, I think that's that's the audience at that Davos, that's right, right. yeah, yeah. That's that's why, of course, yep. yes, of course. Um, but um, the um, the other one, of course, that happened this week was that um, the dam, another dam burst, or last week, dam burst mm. in Brazil, the same company that, that, that had the accident a few years ago with BHP. But I find this absolutely fascinating because following the bank... Mm. Royal Commission, mm. in which, by the way, um, Terry Pukan, Terry McCran, the Herald Sun's brilliant um, economic analyst mm-hmm. who says mm-hmm. that we shouldn't concern about climate change at all, yeah. 
He says, I have to confess to being surprised, very surprised and very, very impressed. Commissioner Kenneth Hayne has delivered a very nuanced and sophisticated and most important effective report and set of recommendations, which means if he says it's effective and good, it must be bad. Mm. Um, he has managed to chart a course I did not think possible between holding the banks to account without simplistically bashing them and not directly damaging them and so the entire financial system, both <laughs> operationally and structurally. And that was proven true because just um, yesterday, of course, the bank shares rose yeah. Fast higher than they have ever since the the, the economic mm, crisis mm, of mm. two thousand and eight. Mm. Um, Nineteen billion. Yeah, that's right. In a mm. day, so uh, so obviously they're not too concerned about mm. it. And a similar thing happened after that um, disaster in Brazil, in which now we find you know a hundred and more, well, hundreds of people have died because they're going to keep finding bodies wherever. I suspect. Um, Shares in Australia, this is the good news, you see, this is all good yeah, news. Yeah, welcome back to City Limits, everyone. Shares in, <laughs> shares in Australia's biggest iron ore miners surged after Brazilian miner Vale said it would, would shut 10 tailings dams and suspend mining at some of its operations after a horrifying dam failure last week killed scores of people and left hundreds of others missing, feared dead. More than $5.1 billion was added to the market capitalisation of the three biggest Australian iron ore miners, Rio Tinto, BHP and Fortescue Metals Groups, on expectations that the Vale move would reduce the amount of iron ore the Brazilian miner could produce and lead to a tighter global iron ore market. So isn't that good? I mean, Jobs and growth. Yes, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people died, but there were benefits and there were great benefits for all of us. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Australia gets lucky again, yeah. Yes. Meg uh, looks very depressed I'm for really everyone really who's really not in the studio here with Actually, us. I think I'm just going to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the problem with capitalism is that just, you know, when the bottom line is the thing that everyone's championing and mm -hmm. getting excited about, then so many other things get dropped off the agenda. Mm. The environment right. and just people's lives and, Human life. and yeah. victims yeah. are so often yeah. Indigenous people. Yeah. 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 And they're still trying to resolve legally the, the last The one. other one, yeah, um, three years ago. Well, yeah. Bhopal, of course, in India, the people still haven't been uh, compensated right. really for that, and that was decades ago. Most of them would have died by now from other factors than the, the poisoning, uh, and probably because of it as well. Um, but there is some good news and real good news here, actually, <laughs> with the, with the environment, with the flood in Townsville. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're listening. Okay. Let's not. Let's not. You know. It, obviously, it's terrible news for the people affected. But, but, and the environment point of view, and the, and the climate change environment are part of what's happening anyway. One of Queensland's biggest coal export terminals, Abbott Point, has been closed due uh -huh. to the Townsville floods, with concerns the monsoon-like conditions will, f will move further south and affect coal production in the Bowen Basin. There's thousands of residents, etc. But anyway, they, so the angle of the angle from the um, <laughs> financial review is that the thing's been closed. Not that people are dying; they're being flooded out and losing, and 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 it's awful for the individuals. Mm. But it's that the the coal port's been closed, and isn't this terrible? Um, emergency workers, etc. Premier said that, but it goes on to say the Insurance Council of Australia is expecting the natural disaster. They, this is important too. Will result in claims <laughs> that run into the tens of billions, of course. 
An Abbott Point coal terminal south of Townsville near Bowen has been shut with heavy rain, etc. A spokeswoman for Adani Australia, which owns the terminal, which is used by big miners such as BHP and Glencore, said the quantity of the rain which had soaked existing coal stockpiles of the water. Isn't that terrible? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I imagine awful. being in a basin, yeah, they get quite awful, wet. Yeah. <laughs> and dangerous conditions offshore had resulted in it being closed until the weather improved. Conditions will continue to be monitored, etc., etc. Mm. So that's been closed down. But they, their um, BHP is now, um, it's moving its stuff now from um, Hay Point, from uh, from Mackay, Dalrymple and, and the port of Gladstone. So they remain open, so they're still getting it out. But that's oh, really that's good. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We should see uh, if we can <coughs> chat to our friends in <coughs> Mackay um, again sometime soon. Yeah, we should. We should <coughs> see what's going on up there because they're... Um, Mm. Still struggling up mm. there with all that. And Adani, <clears throat> you'll be pleased to know there's an indigenous community, the the Wangan and Jagalingu traditional owners, and one of the, the, the spokesmen for them is Andrew Baragaba, and they've been taking cases to court against the Adani mine. And uh, <clears throat> they've lost a couple of cases, and Adani's saying that they should meet the costs of the uh, court case, the, the indigenous oh. people. <laughs> but now, in fact, they've personally sued... This bloke, the leader of the group, the spokesperson, Adrian Baragaba. Um, Adani se- has sued him. As, yes. Um, Adani presented the federal court with a creditor's petition that seeks payment of $637,960.32 in legal costs. Wow. Um, they've targeted Baragaba alone on the basis that he owns the debt jointly and individually. Given the court fines for Adani and that Baragaba is unable to pay, he will be made bankrupt. Mm. And um, et cetera, et cetera. So they're a wonderful company. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Ah, terrific. Yes, yes, I knew you'd find that pretty exciting. Bit of a history of big companies with a lot of power using the court system to intimidate oh, people yes. who want to mm. uh, oppose them. Yeah. Mm. So definitely yeah. seen that in Tassie in the oh, past. Oh, yes, that's right. But, mm. uh, you know, Guns was the company that was notorious for doing mm. that. Mm. And um, mm. what, happened what, what happened to them? <laughs> <laughs> they are now gone. So, yes. Fingers crossed. Yes, I think there's still, there's still definitely a good chance that Dani will go the same way. I think so. Mm. I hope so. Yeah. Oh, what did it do? They're generating wealth for this community. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Jobs and growth. Right. <laughs> what, what was it? 1,200 12, jobs altogether God, from Adani? Someone from the Virginia understands all this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my contribution to this show is really excellent. You're today. just going to say jobs and growth at regular intervals. <laughs> We could just record that and you wouldn't have to come in. You just press play. <laughs> That's a great idea, man. <laughs> but Scott, yeah. Scott Morrison would get rather irritated because that's his line. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, well, and also Bill Shorten came out and he, um, well, he's, he's always talking about this um, <coughs> a number of things of, of extra taxes on the rich, but who knows what he'll do when he gets there. But he did come out and attack this move to sack people on Australian ships and give it to overseas companies. And it's a it's a long been a long. Are there any Australian ships? Well, it's left? been a long history because they did flog them off anyway. But there are a number that's still doing the coast. Oh. But industry claims that it's much more expensive. They've got to pay more because presumably the other ships have slave labour. Mm. Um, and so well, the government's do. backing them, and the government's backing getting rid of these jobs, sacking all these workers, and uh, and and putting all this onto non-Australian ships. And Shorten came out and attacked that. And then Michael Cheney, one of the biggest business people in this country, and chair, <laughs> chairman of one of the country's largest employers, has cautioned Shorten against pursuing a populist election agenda of 
envy division and superficial <laughs> claims, warning that Labor's class warfare attack on big business and mining giant BHP will backfire. Um, and um, Cheney, who heads West Farmers, which is Coles and all that stuff, um, said he was very disappointed by Mr Shorten's attack. Poor Michael, he's very disappointed. What Australia needs in these uncertain times, they're always uncertain times, aren't they, when they have to... Yeah, yeah. Um, capitalism engineers yeah, when, it. Whenever workers ask for a pay rise, it's an uncertain time. Mm. Yeah. Um, is politicians who resist the temptation to engage in the populist politics of envy, division and superficial claims. So, People eventually see through that, yeah? So envy, division and superficial claims because he's claiming that it would be better that Australians worked on these ships. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's Interesting. Right, that's right. Yeah. And then yeah. the next day, out came um, Don Argus, the ex-head of one of the big banks, who's now the uh, also was a long-time chair of BHP, and he's warned, again warned Shorten, that an election fought on class warfare will divide the nation just as populist policies threaten to worsen a slowdown in economic conditions. I mean, it's getting, <laughs> it just gets worse and worse for this country, doesn't it? Um, Argus joined other leading business people like Cheney, etc., that the politics of Henry, it goes on about that, the former CEO of, NA, of NAB, NAB Bank, I think it's a lovely name for a bank, NAB, and, and chairman of BHP for more than a decade, who remains chairman of Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, Australia's advisory board, said Shorten's class warfare attack was both silly and dangerous. This class war, warfare stuff is silly. If that is the way they are going to go, we will finish up with a divided nation. Well... Good heavens, oh, we'll start I mean. With one. Oh. There's a difference between oh. pointing out div- oh. class division and, and... No, there's no such thing. No such thing as no, class. No, it's no, Labor who no. raises... The unions raise this class. You can't see any thing. division when you're looking no. from Turak or, no, or, no. or Bellevue Hills. No, that's no. right, that's right. Uh, well, in fact, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to do a total tangent here, but as you mentioned that from Turak, uh, of course, the member for Broad Meadows we've mentioned before, who's... Mm-hmm. Um, um, what's his name? Um... Uh, the bloke on Channel 9, Mr. Everybody. What's his name? Oh, yeah, his brother. His brother. Yeah. His brother. Oh, I'm glad um, that you guys know what's going yeah, on here. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea who you're talking well, about. His brother became the member for Broadmeadows many, many years ago, and, it, and I, he lived at Brighton at the time. Maguire. Maguire, that's right, Maguire. <laughs> well, I, I asked... Um, everybody Maguire. I asked... I met Louis Rutherford at a rally just before, late last year, and who, you know, isn't it? Louis and um, the, the Rutherfords are a massive camp... Who, Years and years of being community campaigners out that part of the world. And I said, is your local member still live in Brighton? And he said, yes, he does. <laughs> and I keep making the point that if you've got a high enough periscope, you can just possibly see broad meadows from Brighton. If mm. you, you know, if you've got, but anyway, Over the curve of the earth. That's yeah. right. That was, <laughs> that was just an aside. But anyway, that, that's it. Yeah. Um, if that, then we're going to have a divided nation. If I take that path, we will end up back where we had the recession we had to have. Oh, my God. Oh, it's a threat for you. How bad is this getting? Oh, hell. Business jobs, jobs and growth, but not too many jobs. Not much growth. And don't mention the fact that wages have barely gone up in 25 yeah. years. Well, that's well, like, the profits go up, but they can't afford... They can't afford wages, <laughs> apparently, until productivity goes up. Because uh, yeah. they'd love to give higher. They keep saying they'd love, love to pay to higher wages if only they could. Because yeah. oh, it's just yeah. going to keep growing and growing and growing all the time. Just keep yeah. extracting more yeah. resources from the earth. Yeah. If they're yeah. infinite, just more, 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 more. See, they're uncertain times, Meg. You've got to stockpile your resources <laughs> in uncertain times. More labour. Colonial <laughs> mindset. Business leaders warn the populist attack comes at the worst possible time economically <laughs> as the Australian <laughs> Industry Group's annual chief executive business 
Business Prospects survey shows fewer CEOs are optimistic about business conditions for the year ahead <laughs> and one quarter expect That is a great barometer. The survey presents an under... And this is one of our very favourites coming into the picture here. Yeah. The survey presents an underwhelming view of our economic prospects which should be ringing alarm bells in Canberra in this election year. AIG Chief Executive Innes Willock said, we all love Innes, he's oh, a lovely Innes. bloke. Our political leaders should be setting ambitious goals and making targeted investments that were delivered long-term benefits to our community. I think that means build more roads. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm sure all the CEOs will be taking a big cut in their pay then oh, to yeah, cover yeah, for yeah. these uncertain yeah. times. They all make sacrifices. Yeah. That's right. They, and BHP and Blue Scope's decision to axe 80 seafarers, seafarers, what they're carrying on about, was an outrage, and this is what Shorten said, an outrage in the big end of town were putting profits before jobs, the environment and national security. So that's why he's being silly, saying that. Yeah, yeah. They're putting profits before jobs, the environment and national security, as if they would, I mean, for God's sake. Um, and, um, well, this is getting a bit worrying. We're actually supporting Shorten here. Um, <laughs> anyway, Cheney came out again and said, uh, he's still going the old, whatever his name is, we are all, Michael, we are all crying out for true leaders who are brave enough to explain the facts and the challenges facing the country and propose effective solutions, he said. Well, I'm sure his effective solutions would be great for the working class. I'm sorry, but I think the solution would be build more roads. <laughs> Always yes. is. Yes. And Coming from the transport guru. <laughs> but that's, that's about all they know how to do. <laughs> and Heather Riddout, of course, who was an ex-spokesperson for employers, and now she's the director of the Australian Stock Exchange and Sims Metal Management, um, warned Shorten against joining the global trend of populist politics which had become quite poisonous. It's a harrowing and frustrating time for the business community and from a business perspective, people hope the election will bring some resolution to the domestic situation. So I think from all that, all we can say They're is that really nothing, another uh, year, another say, nothing's changed. Yeah, but we can definitely... I've noticed that the papers are really... Uh, pro government, of course, and the push up. <laughs> no, noticed? I haven't just noticed, but you can tell like who's going to win an election based on what the press is pushing. So you know when Kevin Rudd, you know, met up with um, mm. who is it, Packer? Or no, met up, met up, met up. up yeah. and um, and he's like, yeah, I like the guy. Next election, Rudd's in, mm. and then you know this has that's rare for a Labor person to do that. So whatever the Murdoch press are getting out of it. Well, to shorten to his credit, has said he won't meet Murdoch. Well, you know, but he might lose the election because of that. Because I was like, oh, there's no way that the Liberals will be re-elected. It's been an absolute mess, like, in every way, even if you're a Liberal voter. Like, you know, losing Wentworth, um, you know, and get, getting rid of Malcolm Turnbull and then losing that's Wentworth right. is one thing. And then having women just, like, defect from your yeah, right. team, yes. like, one after the other after the other and run as independents. It's so unlikely like, that they're going to get back in. But you look at the paper and there's a risk that, that this kind mm. of reporting, mm. you know, over and over and over and over and over again putting these kind of things out there with people who are and are going to mm. take that in and, and just have this constant reminder that Shorten's an e- silly in, or whatever. In, in mm. opposition, can run. In, that opposition can work to that, in opposition to that, um, Labor in Victoria, you know, had hysterical resistance from the, the biggest paper. True. Which sells, you know, far more than the age sells. Yeah. Um, and that look, 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 they at still the, got they look at their result. That's know. true. Um, yeah. um, I know that was, and that was the line the ALP were running. I was saying, look, you know, yeah. the, the papers don't have the influence they claim to have. Oh, be interesting mm. to um, see now because yeah, you know, yeah. fifteen years ago they definitely did. Ten years ago, mm. yes, but 
I guess, you know. Don't most people get their news from Facebook now anyway? Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's why Donald Trump got in, guys. Yeah. So, it's possible yeah. because I think the last two state elections show that the Herald Sun, as John says, has lost its impact a fair bit because mm. they have campaigned so strongly. So hard. And in fact, for the whole four-year term mm. of the government mm. against Completely that government. And, yeah. uh, mm. and yet they still won. And in fact, they yeah. increased they, their votes. They did. So, yeah. And Tito yeah. in Queensland. I mean, the Courier-Mail, the biggest mm. paper there, is always, is, is, is you know, utterly... Mm. Utterly anti-labour, yeah. In every in every cell of its body, yeah. And um, yet they've got a um, second-term ALP mm. government. Mm. Mm. Here's uh, another worry, though. Um, um, the Labor Party says it's going to um, it's going to limit the amount people can deduct for tax advice to three thousand dollars a year as a tax deduction. <laughs> And, uh, $3,000 a year. $3,000 a year. That's yeah. going to worry the top 1%, well, it's, isn't it? It's going, to, it's going to ruin me, let me tell you. Anyway, um, Institute of Public Accountants President Andrew Conway said members were concerned the cash grab would have a negative effect on the integrity of the tax system because taxpayers would limit their use of advisors. In other words, they'd stop using us. <laughs> no, no self-interest here, let me tell you. Yeah. He is vowing to mobilise the large accounting workforce to oppose the measures in the lead-up to the oh, election. Dear. Um, he says the likely scenario is when a client gets to a bill of 3000 they say, stop providing me services. That's going to lead to a system that crumbles. Oh, the poor dears. Um, anyway, but then, but then you read down and you find it's only for individuals and self-managed super funds and trusts and things. But on the other hand, companies would still be allowed to make uncapped deductions for such costs. So, uh, oh, well, well, that's so, okay then. Uh, that's we know companies are all's more important. Well, all's oh. well. And I'll, we'll just finish. We'll go to transport now. But, oh, um, good. <laughs> John, don't get too excited about it. But I, I, there is one bit of good news. Um, there's been... You know, I think More good news, Kevin. Well, this is your this second is, bit. This is serious good news because there's been stories on this station, particularly um, a number of the envi- other environment programs, talking about the proposed um, liquefied national gas plant at Crib Point, the mm. floating plant, and the, you know, the, the destruction it's going to cause to Westernport. Mm. Um, absolute disaster. Well, the state government has finally... Um, called for a full environmental assessment. So that, and that's the, 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 of course, the report in the financial pages, this is holding up the project. Um, but, um, <laughs> Read but between the lines. By then. AGL, yeah. But anyway, they've called for it. So let's hope. But of course, um, I don't yet, I can't recall one environment's uh, study yet, John, that has not recommended no, the project. That's true. So that's mm. a bit that's of a true. problem. And then yeah. AGL talk about it in those terms. It's going to hold us up and we can't start mm. work till whenever, you know. Mm. They, they just assume they're going to get the permit anyway. I mean, didn't, um, yeah. I'm thinking back to the dredging of Fort, Port Phillip Bay ages ago and weren't the environmental assessments of that pretty damning and yet they went ahead anyway? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so. Well, the Westgate Tunnel was a good example. It's not being built now. I mean, it, the, the, the environment mm. impact statement, I'll study on that. Almost every submission talked about what a disaster it would be, and yet it got approved. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's it's going to be a disaster in terms of you know dumping more traffic in the city. That's 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 the big problem, really. Mm. So, yeah. Well, yeah. We, during the study into what were then called the uh, Western Bypass and whatever, which is now City Link, I remember um, it well. the government. <laughs> I mean, while the study was taking place, which could have said it shouldn't be built for mm. these environmental reasons, the government was already giving out contracts mm. during mm. the process. Um, but anyway, that's um, that's how they operate. Due process. Due mm. process. Let's have a quick break and get John onto transport. <laughs> okay. I am failing. I am sailing on the clear blue water. 
Sale for Human Rights, Indigenous Sovereignty and Climate Justice. Our destination is Manus Island. Join us for the Freedom Flotilla. Sailforjustice.org. Get on board. A 3CR supporter. Okay, and back on air, and uh, John McPherson, our monthly transport, he's, he's all month he's a transport expert, but once a month he comes into the show and um, talks to us about transport issues, which he's been involved with for so many years. And John, um, well, we did talk about that fact that the, tr- the system broke down once the heat hit. They said, mm. that, they said it wouldn't. Uh, we saw pictures of people having to get out between stations, between I think it was Caulfield and Carnegie or somewhere, and Caulfield and Glen Huntley maybe. Whatever. Wait, and walk down the tracks. And they held it again. They had to bail out of the train, and then they had to find their way home. Um, and most of them had to get cabs or whatever, so it became a very expensive night for them. But next day, the the company Metro at least offered to compensate them and mm. said they could have one free trip. <laughs> Three dollars, everybody. Wow. I mean, their hearts just went wild, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my power company giving me ten dollars back because we didn't go over during that day where it was forty-four degrees. They sent a text saying like, "Oh, you can, um, you know, if you just don't use your electricity." It was really funny. They were like, "How? This is how you mm. don't do it." They're like, "Don't worry, you don't have to sit in the dark, you know, with your curtains closed without the aircon on." <laughs> like, um, but you know, we got. To Ten dollars back because we didn't go wow. out. Wait, yeah. so they were giving you practical tips on how to stay cool without mm-hmm. using your aircon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. And then, <laughs> it's quite and then because yeah, it's really sweet of them. And then they gave us this big, you know, payout basically. Buy <laughs> <laughs> yourself something nice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> buy, buy two icy poles. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're all... A bag of ice from Coles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what we've been talking about this morning, we know that capitalism is all heart. So yeah, yeah. and that they're happy to just give back to oh, the, the consumer. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the, like the boss of NAB, you know, he just gives, Always gives, and gives, and gives. Yeah, I'd never thought about the fact that those days, those forty plus days, must be a real load on the um, energy. Well, they blacked out anyway. Like oh, they, did they? It, yeah. Oh, really? There yeah, was yeah. in my area, Northgate. Yeah, wow. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they had yeah. blackouts or brownouts, as they called yeah. them. But yeah. The minister had a bit of trouble <laughs> explaining it wasn't really a blackout, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, John, uh, Kevin, after yeah. decades and decades and decades, you'll be pleased to know geotechnical drilling for the airport rail link yeah. has finally begun. What? Wow. Yes. That's exciting. Yeah. Gosh, they're digging all over Melbourne, aren't they? The yes, Metro Tunnel, it, the Westgate. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, They've yeah, launched yeah. 12 weeks of soil testing across six sites along the proposed route between the city and the airport via Sunshine. So, 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 so they're going to do that. years later. So underground. Mm-hmm. They're going to do the airport one and then they're going to do continue the assessment for the the orbital link presumably maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows <coughs> speaking but, but but even but even the airport i mean they're just getting around to putting the the offer together for people to bid, like tender bid for, for the, yeah, yeah tender for yeah okay. so yeah, so, so this th- is actually part of the you know the premature <laughs> premature preliminary, the preliminary thank mm. you um business about sorting out how, how bad or good the soil conditions are for digging mm. tunnels and yeah. so on and so forth. So yeah. at least, you know, it's a start. It's an important start. bit of PR for the government. That, or mm. That's oh, yeah. a big part of why they got really oh, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Media yeah. release. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. You've got to have a picture of a ministers in hard hats and yeah. a pile of soil every, yeah, like everywhere. Right. Breaking ground. Yeah. Breaking and ground the media speaking one. and the people in the hard hats not in their heads in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Plenty yeah. of them. 
Yeah. Speaking they, of um, drilling and media releases, I was reading about the tunnel boring machines that mm-hmm. um, Melbourne's buying for the metro tunnel mm-hmm. and how how having all these machines all of a sudden they're kind of interested in, in making a bit of an industry out of it. So they've started a new training centre in um, Oakley oh, or Chadston okay. or something yeah, like yeah. that to mm-hmm. train all these workers on how to work underground and dig tunnels. Oh, my God. And it sounds like, I, I mean, I don't know um, more about this, but it sounds like they're kind of trying to find projects to, <laughs> to use them on in the future. So oh, yeah. we might be seeing a lot more tunnels around Victoria. Yay. Well, if they, if they continue to do what they they say they're going to do, there will be big demand, you know, because mm. it'll be the... If they the, do the orbital The link. orbital thing, yeah, mm. yeah. And there's that northern um, route, the Greensboro route, that's part of that's going to be underground. Well, that, that's the, right, that road tunnel, yeah. Yep. Yep, there's a big long road tunnel. Yeah, right Greensboro under, to the eastern freeway. Yes, right under the river. Yeah, mm. so that's... Uh, That'll be that'll yeah. that could be quite awkward that one to build because it's going under the um, the, the mud you know the flats of the river so mm. I'm not sure what yeah. the ground conditions be like mm. there it could be quite, quite bad mm. yeah <laughs> a bit of a challenge well yeah. on that in fact on yes. that very point um, um, Ruxton Michael Ruxton the professor at uh, urban research at uh, MIT Buck, Buxton would be yeah, Buxton, Buxton yeah, yeah Michael Buxton yeah. he's come out and said the government uh, has to really speed things up he says billions mm. of dollars is being invested in projects such as the Westgate Tunnel and Metro Rail Link but work on a Metro 2 cross city rail between Clifton Hill and mm. Newport should start soon connecting to a revitalised Fisherman's Bend and a proposed 90k suburban rail loop from Cheltenham to Werribee should also be. This is the urban uh, one, orbital, of course. Yeah. Should also begin immediately rather than having a 2050 completion. Renewal of inner city sites such as Fisherman's Bend and Arton in North Melbourne would deliver homes and jobs, but such developments would also add to congestion, compromising Melbourne's vaunted livability. Infrastructure Victoria Chief Executive Michael Masson has already supported planning for Metro 2, which would connect Clifton Hill and the new Parkville station through the city to Fisherman's Bend and Newport. Um, Buxton said further projects, especially in rail, were needed to service the city's growing population and support economic growth. One of the current building projects he's on the, of them, he said, there's certainly a lot happening, but it's all catch-up. At the rate we're going, we're never going to catch up. While it's important work, it's nowhere near the level of infrastructure we need, and on he goes. So, um, um, he mm. also makes the point, if we look at cities like Los Angeles, San Francisco and Portland, where um, Meg was last year, well, weren't you? You were there last I year. I love Portland. What, what, they are do- Portland some more. what they are doing <laughs> is massive. There's a $150 billion rail infrastructure redevelopment in a city like Los Angeles, and it's being done quickly. Um, so yeah. Anyway. yeah, well, that's, he's, he's right, but of course... Places like Los Angeles are starting a lot further behind the outdoor than we are. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Their yeah. transport is mm. terrible. Yeah. yeah, that's right. They've got yeah. a bit to catch up They've with. They've got a bit right. to catch up with, but at least they, 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 they know it. Yeah. And they know that they can't, they can't go on relying on their, their freeways. So are they putting an underground network in Los Angeles yeah. as well? Yeah. Wow. Mm. That'll change that city. Yeah, they're putting it. Yeah. Put, they really are, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we've got, the, we've got the basis, but we've got to keep building. But, uh, but as I keep saying over and over, they've got to make what we've got work work much better too, because we we don't we don't work, run our system as efficiently as it could be run, or or provide as good a standard service or in any way to people that, that we could provide. We just we just slack, <laughs> slack ass. <laughs> Even somewhere like Perth does a much better job. Of running their rail system, it, mm-hmm. it's everything's clean, has a tendency to run on time. 
Is it clean because no one uses it? No, no, no it's not that. <laughs> so, so <laughs> they just actually clean the trains every oh, night okay. properly. <laughs> they oh. even oh. they even wash the outside of the trains every night. Oh. Things like that, which is beyond our beyond our our system. Oh. So is it, is it mainly about cleanliness and um, no, efficiency? No, not or is only. It, not only. What else can we improve? Well, frequency would be nice. Um, the the ten minute frequency that now runs all day on some few lines it should be should be on every line all day and late into the evening too it's this business of starting to taper the trains off at eight o'clock is, is just ridiculous mm. these days yeah it just is yeah. um you, if you want to if you want to have a system that's that's going to take the strain off the roads it's got to be it's got to be a high quality system that's mm. yeah. efficient so that people actually want to use yeah. it yeah. yeah part of yeah. the problem is always this like idea that um people they're like oh well we do it every 10 minutes if people were using it mm. because people aren't using it because it's mm. not every mm. 10 minutes if you mm. know what i mean like people are, oh but people love the mm. convenience of driving that's because driving's more convenient mm-hmm. than the public transport yeah. so yeah. you don't have to wait 20 minutes yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can get yeah. there on yeah. Yeah. so yeah what you're saying is that the, that the improvement of the service has really got to lead the demand i think so yeah and that yeah. doesn't happen in melbourne no it, you have it, to have a you vision have to, the, the the demand has to overwhelm the system for about 10 years before they'll, <laughs> before they'll upgrade <laughs> it but also properly yeah. coordinated interchanges because when people have yeah. to change on public yes. transport from one form to another yeah. you need that to work smoothly and not have to wait another 20 minutes yeah. the, when you get yeah. off for the next yeah. one yeah. especially um, if you're somewhere like a remote or you know like not well lit or d- sure. you're there on your yeah. own and stuff like that like mm, it's exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it really comes back to if you're going to have a complicated system like we've got, mm. you've really got to run everything fairly frequently to, to make interchange bearable. Yeah. And so that um, seems like a relatively easy fix compared to like digging a whole new massive mm, rail mm, loop. Why mm. is that not been happening, do you think? Well, because it's, it's, it's easier for politicians to talk about, you know, this new, you know, lovely project in the, in the distance, you know with all gee whiz trains and everything it's sort of easy to talk about all that stuff new rolling stock they love new rolling stock mm. because it's nice and bright because they can put a sticker and on gleaming it and put lots of stickers <laughs> on it and they can stand in front of it but, the, but the business of making the system work reliably and keeping things clean they're sort of more basic slightly boring things one of the big problems though that you've said before is that there's so many different operators mm. and then that the actual like government owns part of it, That's the right. company leases parts of it, yeah. then they own other parts of it, and yeah. then you've got like Mikey across all of the operators, uh-huh. and then like two or three different bus services uh-huh. trying to meet like one of the trains uh-huh. and then the tram something else. So. Uh-huh. That's a pretty hectic yeah. thing to coordinate yeah. at the best of times. Well, uh, well, well, that's why I come back to well. Sorry, guys. Everything's got to run frequently because that's the only way. Yes, then to make if you a, know, make a complex system yeah. Inter- yeah. connect. Yeah. Um, so it, that even applies to buses. I mean, this idea that people can use a bus bus service in peak hour that comes every twenty minutes and sometimes every forty minutes. Yeah. In peak hour. Yeah, because it takes you. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, on a Saturday, I wanted to go over to Preston um, over the break, um, and I wanted to get the tr- the bus to. Um, the Peter Montes corner on St George's Road oh, and yeah. the tram from there. Yeah. Um, and I found the time I wanted to go in the hour on a Saturday afternoon, there mm. was one bus for the whole hour. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. 
Mm. Um, on a Saturday afternoon when yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah, running yeah. around. That's mm. right. Yeah. That was pretty good. Um, they're but, still running. They still run the buses as if it's nineteen fifty something. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, like you've got all day to get yeah, your shopping. Yeah. And, that's yeah. right. That's right. Well, um, but of course, also uh, the improvements, so-called in public transport, mm. happening. Um, the only improvements really happening in the outer areas are all road solutions. Mm. Mm. Um, the, the part the twenty it's twenty fifty, so it's long term. The orbital thing will improve outer urban, but if it ever goes ahead, but, but the real Im- the improvements they're making to public transport are all in inner areas where it already is reasonably okay. Well, relatively, yes, yes, relatively, relatively, it, yeah. it's it's yeah. okay. But but even so, it still b- can break down just like oh, that in the inner well, areas. You know, <laughs> you got to live on the upfield line. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, well, the upfield lines, in many ways, is a classic. I mean, it, it gets a train every twenty minutes all day, whether it's peak hour or not peak hour. That's right. And you think, well, that surely that's so. Run so infrequently, there surely can't be any stuff ups where the trains oh, no, where no. the trains <laughs> lose their path, as it were. Oh no, it can happen. And go, out the, those... go out the backyard on Sunday morning, you hear, you know, yeah. the train. This next train has been delayed or whatever, and you yeah, think, but God, yeah. it's Sunday morning, they still can't run it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, what what on earth what on earth goes mm. on? I mean, did, you know, did somebody not turn up for work? That's probably the reason. Not that they're ever going to say that. But you know, but then a then a system if that's that's that happens, they have a I have some spare staff hanging yeah. around paid just just for that that sort of issue. But I bet they don't have no, spare staff no, sitting no. around just for that issue. No, no, no. it's much easier just to announce a cancellation, and nobody gets it. And, and there's no, um, you know, accountability. Accountability apparently, and that's another another thing. You, like these great failures that we still seem to manage to have. Every every month or so, or maybe every month, I think. Um, one of the recent ones apparently happened with brand new infrastructure. The overhead wires had just gone up for the one of the Skyrail projects, and in a, in a week later, the overhead wires fell down again. Mm. You know, and you think, well, you know, what sort of comp- what's you know what sort of competency do these people have yeah, mm. yeah. Well, uh, speaking of falling down with we should mention um signs falling down on cars on i was just going to talk about that yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. terrifying did everyone see that video yeah yeah that was interesting well Where i found is it? Victoria? It, uh, yeah, it was, it on, was the, on the um, Tullamarine Freeway, yeah. Um, well, it was yeah, on the offshoot, the, the Bell Street yeah, it was just <gasps> yeah, yeah. yeah, and one of those enormous traffic mm. signs that hangs over the road that's oh. like the size of three lanes just oh came off and God. landed on a car. <gasps> and luckily, the woman driving it <gasps> had a few injuries but was mainly yeah, okay. Squashed the roof, well, she's been yeah. pretty shattered, I think. Um, Psychologically. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. That is terrible. They've I didn't realise it was Bell Street. That's crazy. I think it was Bell Street. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the Bell Street. They've done such a bad job on that. before you go on to the actual... A city pay. link. Yeah. But they've... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. They've del- they seem to have engineered it in the ultimate way that you can be confused no matter what. Like, <laughs> a, uh, you know, driving back from the airport or something like that, there's like oh, one yeah. exit and yeah. then another exit and yeah. then they join back up and then yeah. they separate again or something like that. You're like, oh, I've missed the thing. It's um, Buller Road. Then it's like Bell Street. But yeah. it's super confusing, whatever the, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, they did there. Wouldn't I'm be like, deliberate well though, done. make no. sure you pay. Yeah. Go, yeah. Like get on Citilink and get like a $50 yeah. well, fine for not having a Well, tag. They, they found that um, there wasn't only, there were a couple more signs that had the same issue. They oh. didn't, they what didn't was check. wrong with them? Oh, there was some stiffening bracket at the back of the sign hadn't been um, hadn't been put in place when they were put together. 
So they just put the sign up and then didn't put mm. all of the elements mm. that were needed mm. to make it secure. Brace it, yeah. yeah. That's very unsettling. So they unsettling. Found, that, found that on a couple more signs, but they did go along and check all the, all the signs on, on, the, on the motorway, which I'm pleased mm. to hear. But I suppose um, at least that sign lasted longer before falling on the wires. You're talking about it. Yeah, too. well, it did actually last. It lasted a couple of months, a few months, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I mean, you, you, you do wonder when, when, when even new infrastructure then proceeds to fail. You know, fail within weeks. Well, well, on that inner urban thing, they've just added to Route 30, which is that inner urban route that goes from um, Etihad, no, not Etihad, the Dickland Stadium, mm. RMIT, St Vincent's, that, that one that does the circle around, um, starts at St Vincent's number 30 tram. They're adding more of those. Right. Um, and they'll now run until midnight from Sunday to Thursday and 1am on Friday and Saturday and uh, their benefit passengers, etc. But is I, that I, the Latrobe Street one? Yeah, the that's, that's the yeah, one. Latrobe, yeah, that's Latrobe the Street. Yeah, it's always had a. It's an old. It's one of the old services. W class trams. Yep, that yep, shuttles rattles yep, along there. Yep. Um, well, but this was the bit I liked about it. Mm. We're giving people extra services when and where they need them. Public Transport Minister Melissa Horn said, "We're making it easier to leave the car behind and take public transport now. <laughs> yes. um, extra services when and where they need them. I could, I could tell them I need yeah. them." <laughs> 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 over the road, <laughs> um, exactly. But it, it's working well. Obviously, her policy is working like a like a charm because frustrated commuters are being let down by public transport in Melbourne's outer suburbs, with many Melburnians forced to catch rideshare services to get home from the station. Data collected mm. by a mob has revealed many of the city's most popular pick-up and drop-off destinations and near railway stations in the outer ring. Hoppers Crossing, Tarnit, Williams Landing have become some of the company's busy, cu- busiest spots that sped up residents turned wow. to private transport because of poor bus services. That's fascinating. Um, they said the um, company had been surprised by how many of their most popular areas were in the city's outer ring. It seems like rideshare services are plugging the gaps left behind in the network. Two of our top ten pickup spots are in far western Melbourne where many suburbs have been mm-hmm. neglected over the years. People don't always associate ride sharing with this sort of travel, but we can clearly see our drivers are now providing a first and last mile service that wasn't there before. Mm. So what about um, we're giving people extra services when and where they need them? Well, the, the department very proudly said, oh, yes, we, we're going to um, fix the bus services in the west when, when the new line via Tarnit and Wyndham Vale opened. And, but all they did was take the same number of buses and spread them over a greater a greater area, mm. and that was that was the fix. So I mean, you know, yeah, um, that that <laughs> idea of the rideshares filling the gaps is mm. a really interesting one. I think that happens even in the inner city if people need to go kind of in an east-west direction mm. where there's mm. not many transport options mm-hmm. other than those really infrequent buses, and that's when. But let's face people it, end up, know, for a lot of people, ride, mm. rideshare is still pretty expensive. You know? Of course, yeah, yeah, which is why it's a real problem yeah, because again yeah. it's kind of yeah. increasing that um, divide between mm. people who can get around and people who can't but probably the department reads something like that and says oh that's good we, we that's, that's something we're, we're off the hook yeah we're <laughs> off the hook yeah yeah yes. uh, so you know the so many areas the outer areas are so badly served by uh, by buses mm. and yet it's only buses that are ever going to get people to the local railway station mm. and onto what passes for a network Mm. Um, but uh, we, and and get people there in time for the train, yeah. and be there when the train comes in to take them yeah. out again. Not mm. not have to get off and then wait mm. more and more time. Twenty for minutes the, for the bus. For it's bus, probably yeah. what's happening because there are buses in these areas, but they're mm. obviously people get off the train. They've got to wait half an hour for a bus mm. or something, mm. and so they just go yeah, ride right yeah, 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 yeah. 
And, and I mean, all this is so obvious, so obvious to us, and it's been the obvious problem for you know forty years. Mm, mm. <laughs> but but it's it's it still hasn't it still hasn't been sorted. I mean, on the bright side, maybe um, using technology like the rideshares do that kind of tracks where people are and where demand is mm. is something that would allow the transport companies to get a much better idea of where people need to move mm. and how they need to move. Like, mm. It'd be great if that kind of technology could somehow be yep. used for the greater yeah. good. Yeah. Like we converted into actually providing public transport mm. for them. Mm. Yeah. Good heavens. Well, the sort of painful negotiations that go on between the bus companies and the department, you wouldn't like. You wouldn't want to see what happens there. Mm. Yeah, okay. It's it's more about um, suiting the bus company's convenience, where they actually want to run buses than it is providing the service. It's it's it's. I, I hesitate to use the word corrupt, but mm. but the way bus services run in Melbourne is close to corrupt. They have they have very very much co- you know, control of the system, and they they manage the system for their own convenience. Mm. How mm. does the pay? Yeah. How does the yeah. um, Mikey? Like the Mikey's used on everything. Yes, yes. So you go on a train, and then mm-hmm. you get off the train, you get on the bus, mm-hmm. you tap it again, mm-hmm. but you already took a trip in the morning, so yeah, you're not yeah. you tap it on the bus. Then there's nothing. Mm. You're not mm. paying. You're not paying extra every time no, you change. No. How do they allocate? Yeah. You know, they get this whole lump sum of money into Mikey. Well, the idea was when Mikey was introduced that Mikey would would provide the information for all that, but it mm-hmm. never did. Because people don't tap their Mikey. Well, not only that, it's 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 just it just doesn't record the information. Amazing. And so they That's still have to do what they always had to do before Mikey, and they had to is do physical surveys. And that's how they decide how many no people are using everything. Way. <laughs> twice a, is, twice a year is is as much as they do. Oh the my god! And that's that how they so allocate the money. Oh my gosh! Yeah. But they also that was I wanted to get on to Mikey because yeah. you know Mikey's been running for ten years now, and it's still got so many failings. But well, I mean, we have to flag it for next month. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Mikey yeah. next month will give it a burst. Oh, yeah. The but the um. But, um, of course, the bus companies also have contracts with the government where they just get all this money anyway. Mm, mm. And they, there's no... Uh, every time they have a new contract, surely there should be some incentive for them to actually run a decent service well, well, and a much trans, more trans, frequent service. Transdev, which has been running all the services out in the Doncaster area, has just been told they're not having their contract renewed because they've been so bad. And yet their contract was, supposed, was of that type mm-hmm. where they were supposed to have incentive to, yeah. to improve do better. the service. But so what's uh, gonna not even the government thought that their um, their performance was was good enough. What's mm. going to happen if their con- when their contract isn't reviewed? Oh reviewed? well, they'll, they'll another one of the big big will take over their routes. International companies will move in. The same buses will keep running. They'll just have a different name on the side. So Transdev is going to just go bankrupt, or no? It's only one division of Transdev. You know, they have oh that they're, part. A, they're an international. Company, oh, company all over the world, so you know okay, it's right. small beer really. Uh-huh. But they have they came in with everybody saying yes, mm, international transdev, mm. they'll be good. They'll mm. pr- they'll show up all the other bus companies. In fact, they didn't. Mm. They, yeah, they, I mean that just that they didn't even do maintenance on the buses. In fact, the fact that there's options means that there should be a little bit more oversight. Right, mm. and a bit more um, demand on quality. Well, That's the idea I think of the one, free one of the yeah. problems is the oversight. Coming from the department, it's there's no expertise left in there to to assess what's really going on. They're just public, you know, just ordinary old public servants 
pen pushers. They're not experts in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're supposed to supervise the, um, the performance of these companies. So the companies have every every incentive to do as little as possible and get away with whatever they can. Mm. Well, that's the problem with the intersection of the public and private. Mm. Like you bring a private company in, but you still have public subsidies mm-hmm. and public, you mm-hmm. know, support and like yeah. the and government. bureaucrats to oversee their yeah. operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, so it's not really private because if it was really private, they'd do something like a rideshare because the rideshare is obviously getting all the cash mm, out there. Right. Mm. So if it was really private, they were like, well, we have to be actually competitive, but they don't yeah. they because they get... Rent, they effectively rent the system off yeah. the government, mm. but they don't actually own it. So, But no one takes the blame then of course everyone well, that, that's, well that's very convenient nobody takes the blame no one yeah. takes account we're going to have to yeah. go though folks because yep. it's time and Joe's going to yeah. come wandering in here shortly tell, <laughs> tell me how old I Yelling am and, and, uh, yeah. right. and uh, <laughs> tell me I'm even older than last year <laughs> uh, and uh, so look we're back next next week with uh, Melbourne Water among other things looking at um, no frogs. sorry Melbourne Water is actually going to be in March oh March now yep yeah, they the couldn't make it. The frogs. They oh, couldn't well, make this week. Yep. Took, What's going to happen to the frogs? <laughs> that took care of next week. For oh, that. Yeah, so stay tuned, everyone, for the frog <laughs> census, twenty seventh of March. Poor little froggies. Hold your breath. Yeah, <laughs> that's that. And next month, John, we will talk Mikey. Then. Well, okay, let's talk Mikey. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah I think Mikey's so. Say goodbye, John. A thank, boondoggle. Thank Megan. Thank everyone. Thanks, everyone.